she said that, you know, when you have a stressful life and when you have, you know, a couple of kids rounds and everything that you have to schedule sex. And I said, well, doesn't that ruin the spontaneity? And she said, but when you're dating, you schedule sex also. And I said, what? And she said, well, sure. You say, you know that when I'm on my date, that's going to be the night that we're going to have sex. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman discusses how to deal with the pressure of the baby-making process. Stay tuned. I know there's a bunch of therapists out there. Did you know that you can get listed on Hitch starting at just $1? To get started, click the Get Featured link in the directory, and within a few quick steps, your website can begin showing up all over hitchedmag.com. Don't wait. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined again with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, th- we, we have a, uh, an interesting topic. Um, it's been depicted in you know every romantic comedy out there, I guess. Um, we're talking about the pressures of getting pregnant. Mm. Um, we know this can be a stressful time for couples. Um, it's supposed to be a time of joy, uh, but when it's not working out according to plan, that can raise some real issues in the relationship. So, uh, to get things started, when a couple is ready to have children, but are, but they're having trouble conceiving, um, what's the first thing a couple can do to relieve some of that stress, Karen? Well, you know, the obvious answer is to relax, um, I am reminded of somebody I know who was told that, uh, you know, that they were having difficulty and they were trying various things. And eventually the doctor said, you know what, just go home and get drunk and just relax and stop worrying about this. And they did. And they got drunk and had sex that night. And then she conceived. (laughs) So, you know, obviously relaxing would be the best thing to do. Um, you know, if you focus more on our relationship is important and we love each other and, you know, let things happen as opposed to being so focused on the goal, because then really you're getting involved in a mind game and that's, you know, is really what's going to mess things up. It's not any different than, let's say, when a guy is so worried about, you know, am I going to perform? That's the best way to, you know, kill his ability to perform well. So it's, you know, analogous to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you mentioned getting drunk as one method of achieving this, <laughs> uh, but yes. depending on the um, on the method a couple is using to in their attempt to get pregnant, um, it can really also shake up a schedule a little bit. Um, what what are some things a couple can do to keep in mind when they're trying to carve out that time to conceive? Because you know, I'm I'm assuming uh, if the if they're really trying to get pregnant um, and you know depending on what their regular sex schedule has been in the past, they might be having more sex presumably during this time than they would otherwise. Well, you know, what you're talking about basically is scheduling sex. Yeah. And, um, 
I, I'm sure that at some point in all these podcasts, we have mentioned that I do a radio show as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had on a guest recently, and we were talking about um, if there were sexual problems. And she made a point, which I thought was so fascinating. She said that, you know, when you have a stressful life and when you have, you know, a couple of kids around and everything, that you have to schedule sex. And I said, well, doesn't that ruin the spontaneity? And she said, but when you're dating, you schedule sex also. And I said, what? And she said, well, sure. You say, you know that when I'm on my date, that's going to be the night that we're going to have sex. Mm. She said, that's a schedule. And I thought that that was so interesting because we just don't think of it that way. That's brilliant. I love that. Yes. I love it also. So I, I, you know, I think that if we realize that we reframe it, you know, and we look at it in a different way and not, again, put the pressure on ourselves because it's, it's really the pressure for a lot of couples that is creating the problem. Now, obviously, that's not the case in every situation. Sometimes there are biological issues that have to be dealt with. But we're really talking about, because you started the podcast with the idea of the pressure. Yeah. So I think that if we say, look, you know, this is a time that we're devoting to this. And so let's, you know, schedule time to do it, just like we did when we were dating. And maybe... You know, once we put it in the frame of reference of the dating, then do some other little things to make it a little bit more romantic or, you know, build up to it about, oh, you know, can't wait for our date tonight, can't wait for our fun tonight. And then again, it will put it into a different frame of mind. Yeah, so it's not – you're really trying to turn it into something enjoyable rather than this chore that you're just trying to execute. Exactly. Um, oh, that sounded so awful, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when we're talking about this pressure thing, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I've, I've seen it depicted this way where people look at it as this chore like, oh, my God, I can't believe – there was um, there was an HBO show uh, a couple years ago um, – trying to remember the name of it. It was, it was Marriage Focus. It was like the – was it The Mind of the Married Man? It was – I think it was called Tell Me You Love Me. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was called. It was it was relatively graphic. Uh, it's HBO after all. But there was this couple and their storyline was essentially them um, having the pressure of getting pregnant. And it became this drag where, you know, the husband and wife were fighting all the time and they didn't want to have sex anymore or they w- wanted to have sex without that – lingering thing hanging over their heads like okay this is let's get pregnant sex as opposed to let's just have fun tonight and so anyways i i i think that you know i i use that wording of chore simply because that's kind of the thought that i had when i think of pressure uh, of trying to get pregnant but when i said that to you what I was really trying to point out was I think you're right that couples look at it as, oh, this is a chore. And if you think of it that way, who's, you know, who's could possibly be relaxed and, you know, feeling like, oh, this is going to be a fun kind of thing. And I think you're absolutely right that that is exactly how couples feel like, okay, we've got this goal. We've got this chore that we have to get done. Yeah. Especially when, uh, I, you know, a lot of people, um, depending on professions, depending on what's going on in their lives, they might tr- have this window that they have idealized in their heads about this is when we want to get pregnant. So the child arrives during this 
you know, this couple months time frame, and, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of the thing. And when that clock starts ticking and it's like, oh, no, the summer, summer is running out and we don't – we're running out of time, I think it can really build up. I mean, could you put any more pressure on yourself? Not only to make a baby, but it's got to be during this month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, now if the couple does begin to argue because they're not able to get pregnant, uh, do you have any tips or ideas on how they can refocus uh, on taking that pressure off? I mean, I know we've talked a, a, about a few things, but any other tips or ideas there? Well, I think that, you know, they sort of have to – you know, one of them at least has to say, look, you know, we're, we're arguing because we're stressed and that's, you know, we're really on the same team here and we don't want to be at each other. And so let's just each take a deep breath and, you know, realize that this is not in our best interest and, you know, stop getting upset with each other um, because, you know, we love each other. We're trying to conceive and expand our family and, you know, snapping at each other and yelling at each other and arguing with each other certainly isn't, you know, good for what we're trying to do here, which is to create another human being as a result of the love that we have for each other. So I think you just, one of you has to sort of like, you know, call it. Yeah. Now, now there's also a moment when a couple takes a pregnancy test and it's not always going to read positive. Oh, for sure. Right? So yeah. how can they handle the emotions that they might feel of disappointment when it does come back negative? Well, I think you have to be realistic about it. It is going to be disappointing. You know, you're, this is something that you're looking forward to. And, you know, it's going to be at least a temporary sense of loss, um, you know, because it was a hope that this would be the time it would work. And so I think the best thing to do is to acknowledge the feeling. Don't pretend that you're not disappointed. Be there to support each other. Um, My guess is that, of course, I'm being very very stereotypical here, that probably the guy is going to be able to compartmentalize and say, okay, you know, there's always next month. Let's just move on. And probably the woman will feel it more. Um, Don't invalidate each other. Mm. Um, You know, take moment to pause and say, yes, it is disappointing. And, you know, it is kind of sad that it didn't happen this month. And I think that when those feelings are acknowledged and you either validate the partner who's feeling it or share it with each other, it will allow it to go away. I think if you try to sweep it under the carpet like, oh, no, we don't feel bad or it's not a big deal, it's just going to come out somewhere else. And maybe that would be what would cause some of the arguing that you're talking about. Mm. So really, I mean, the the big takeaway there is to acknowledge that you are going to have these feelings. Oh, sure. And, and you just can't ignore them. Yeah. Um, one, I'm sorry. One final thought on this is there will be ups and downs. Um, does the interaction of the couple during this time, is it any kind of an indicator of how they will respond to each other? And overall for the relationship, once they do become parents, because, you know, if we're talking about scheduling time for sex, uh, you're going to need a lot more time than that once you become a parent. So is this an indicator of how things will unfold later on down the road? Well, I think really the question is, how do they manage their conflicts even before they get to this period? Uh, you know, 
we've often referred to John Gottman, who's the leading researcher in the area of relationships. And he has found that give a couple who's together um, an issue that's of conflict and he can watch them and in 15 minutes predict with 80% accuracy which couples are going to end up together or not based on the way they handle their conflict. So my guess would be that how they manage their conflicts prior to getting pregnant is going to be an indicator of how they'll handle the stress of getting pregnant, which would then be an indicator of how they'll manage stress going forward. Mm. I don't think it's just limited to the pregnancy alone. Yeah, okay. And, I mean, this might even be a time that the couple can uh, use these opportunities of increased pressure to work on their communication skills and work on their problem-solving skills because, uh, as you said, this is only going to grow as things move forward. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And certainly with the addition of a child, um, it is going to be much more stressful, um, you know, in the relationship. Um, May I add two things to this discussion? Absolutely. Okay. So the first one is that um, we still periodically hear about couples who decide to have a baby when their relationship is rough going. Oh, yeah. the baby is going to bring them, you know, salvage the marriage. Please, please, please don't do that. Um, your marriage has to be really on, you know, I'm not saying any marriage can be perfect, but it's got to be a good relationship. A, bringing a child into the world is not going to um, help the relationship. As wonderful as children are, we know that it adds stress to a relationship. So that is not a reason to have a child. The second reason not to have a child is because um, you're getting pressure from your parents. Um, and, and there are many parents who, you know, die to be grandparents. It's, it's a wonderful experience. It's considered like the best club in the world to belong to. But um, you should not be having a child for that reason either. That being said, um, it will be a loss for grandparents. And I think that... Um, you have to validate that to your parents and acknowledge it that, you know, I understand this is a loss for you. This is something you had hoped for, but this is our decision. We don't feel that bringing a child into the world is something that's right for us. And, you know, to do it merely so you can be a grandparent, you know, would, would be a wrong choice um, mm. us and, and for the child. So I just wanted to bring that out because I'm not sure if we ever covered that in an episode or if we ever would cover it in an episode. Uh, but I felt it was, you know, important things to to say at this point. Yeah, no, that is a great point because you're right. We do sometimes forget about the outside relationships and how our decisions affect other people. Um, I mean, we always talk about outsiders influencing uh, our relationships. So we'll talk. It, it's easy to talk about how in laws are causing stress and 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 anxiety within a relationship, but we never think about how turning it, flipping it the other way and how we can cause stress and anxiety, the opposite direction. Right. So, but the other, but the other point is that, you know, when we talk about the pressure of getting pregnant, some of that pressure can be coming because we feel that we're responding to our parents, either to have a child or the timing of it. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, yeah, that's, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And also, um, I, because I'm, 
I'm still relatively young and uh, I have a lot of friends who are uh, getting pregnant, having kids um, left and right around me. Um, I probably have three or four friends right now who have kids under the under 12 months of age or they're pregnant. So, um, you know, I think that can also play a role when you start seeing all the people around you. Absolutely. Having kids and you're thinking like, oh, now obviously now's the time. And you then fantasize about, well, you know, our kids could grow up together just like we did because they're your friend, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I, you know, put that into perspective as well. And, you know, you're right about the um, the kids uh, causing stress on the relationship once you have them. I We recently posted an article that actually cited several different studies about marital happiness and, and kids um, and how uh, there's, there's lots of studies out there about it. But um, look up the article. Maybe I'll link to it on the podcast page with this podcast, with this episode. It's, it's uh, who's happier, uh, parents or non-parents. And it, it cites a couple different studies, uh, not to leave you uh, listeners hanging. Um, essentially, the majority of the research shows that um, parents uh, are in general less happy. However, they have have reported to have more highs and more lows in their relationship, although there are also uh, other studies that indicate otherwise. So uh, – and, and that – Parents are happier, so uh, it's not a obviously a blanket thing that applies to everyone, but just a general sense of where the research lie. Um, yeah, those are really excellent points, Karen. I'm 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 glad you brought those up. Was there anything else that you wanted to add on to this topic? No, no, I just wanted to make sure to to make those two points. Yeah, that's uh, I'm I'm glad you did. Um, but uh, I guess that'll do it for this. Uh, episode. Um, if you guys have questions, if you've experienced any of this stuff and um, you wanted to uh, have us do a follow-up episode on specific issues relating to pregnancy or getting pregnant and how it's affecting your relationship or any of those things, or maybe even with uh, focusing on parents and in-laws, um, that might be something we can touch on in the future as well in more depth. So let us know. There's an email button on our podcast page. Uh, you can always hit us up on the social networks, um, or you can just reach us on the contact page on uh, on the website, hitchandmag.com. Um, but uh, for now, that is going to do it. So thank you, Karen, so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. Yes, it is, Steve. Thank you. Um, before you guys go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. She has a uh, program out. It's a new website, MakeYourMarriageWorkNow.com. It is a monthly uh, program that you sign up for. You get videos. You get to have a phone conversation once a month where you can actually ask Karen your questions. Um, there are uh, exercises to complete. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a great ongoing resource. Uh, you can get all this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Um, again, that, that website, the program is makeyourmarriageworknow.com. You can find uh, all this information on our website, hitchedmag.com. I know this is a lot of .coms I'm throwing at you. Um, but uh, you can also follow us on all the social networks, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram. Um, we have a lot 
a lot of changes we're doing, uh, a lot of big things. We're giving the website a facelift. We're giving our newsletter a facelift. We're doing all sorts of cool stuff. So um, if you haven't checked the, the site out in a while, uh, come back frequently because we have a lot of really neat things that we're doing that we're excited to share with you. So um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Yeah.